the basic thinking was, wait a minute, everybody's speaking about R&D and technology, but there is this huge area of R&D, of, of new jobs, of future of jobs that I want to be in. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. Welcome to another episode of 20 Minute Leaders. I'm joined today by Avi Sneer, co-founder and CEO of Elevation. Avi is the founder and CEO of Elevation, an entrepreneur, husband, father, and believer. He loves hummus, consistently lives in a village outside of Tel Aviv, and spends his spare time wondering about the future of work, skills, careers, and in between. Avi Sneer, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me um, and in this conversation right now. I know how busy you are, so these 20 minutes, are, I'm going to try to make them as special as possible talking both about your own journey um, into the world of education tech and upskilling and reskilling and online transformations. Uh, but I'm also excited to talk about the industry as a whole. And why, why seven years ago did you understand that we even have this need? What, what has happened to the world that you said we, we need to have something like elevation? Uh, and so, Avi, I want you to take me back a little bit, you know, whether it's to your army days or whether it's to your days uh, with Herzog, Fox and, Fox and Neiman. What, what, what is going on with you where you understand that there is a need for some change in the way that people get education? Great, great question. So basically, uh, I grew up in a small village. It's like an hour south of uh, Tel Aviv. I didn't really knew about like all the opportunities and the new skills and, and tech. My first job was uh, in the fields. Uh, I grew up in like a small community. And uh, when I went out of the to the army, uh, I went to special forces. I stayed there a bit longer, like six, seven years almost. And uh, when I went out, I didn't really knew what I wanted to do, like all the others. So um, I decided to do like this general BA, uh, I call it, and uh, to learn uh, uh, law and business management in the IDC in Herzliya. And I knew I didn't want to be a lawyer, but I knew that I want, I, I need to like get the roots and the ground to actually start something of my own. My last position in the special forces was the head of uh, school of like a commando. And this is where I fell in love with education and training and skills it's it's different but it's kind of the same and uh, i saw that uh, uh, when you look at the um the life after the army especially in israel there's a lot of things that you can bring over from the resilient side from the skill side and then i started my journey uh in life okay um like you said, I went to Herzog Fox Neiman. It was like the biggest law firm in Israel, tech, M&A. Basically, I just wanted to get to know better the industry, the investors and everybody around that. Uh, but it was a great journey. And I realized that, like me, there's like a lot of people around that don't really know what they want to do. I looked at my grandparents, 
both grandfathers worked at the same place for more than 40 years. Okay, one uh, started the, the cow shed in the village, and the other one worked in the Israel electric company. And it was kind of simple, but our life was more complicated. And I realized that it's not around the position, it's around like building your portfolio of micro careers when you're looking at yourself in this me.com area, looking at yourself as a product. And uh, it's not around the title, it's around the skill set that you want to deal with and the light that you want to bring to, to the universe. Um, then I, I read this article from Oxford stating that uh, if you're looking at 2030, it was around 20, I think, uh, 13 or 14, 60% uh, of the best jobs then, we don't know what it's going to be. Okay, and we know that there is a lot of jobs that's going to disappear and a lot of new jobs will come over and it looks like super exciting industry. Um, and the basic thinking was, wait a minute, everybody's speaking about R&D and technology, but there is this huge area of R&D of, of new jobs, of future of jobs that I want to be in because I really like around education and it came together with all my agenda for from the maybe like more social part of actually doing something that can help people change their lives. It's not like all startups saying we're going to change the world, okay? Uh, I wanted to change people's lives. I know that we can start small. I can start with one people, with two people, with five people. And uh, on the way, we found like different ways to actually do that. This is why like I started to think around it. Uh, it was back then when uh, all uh, the accelerated learning programs started in the US, General Assembly and, and all these uh, uh, big companies today. And uh, in Israel, uh, we basically had nothing. Um, so this is how I started. So you're, you're talking, you know, now at scale and you're, you know, you're projecting to 2030 with, with these reports that, that I, I don't think there's any contestation as to their validity now. Obviously, most of the jobs that we know today are going to be transformed in a dramatic way, one way or another. But before we, before we head to there, I want to go back a little bit to Maglan, I believe, and you know, you also start elevation while you're also in reserve duty as a as a lieutenant colonel. And what is it about your experience with Maglan and with the school over there that that gave you the passion and and the insight for the world of education? Because I'm always fascinated. How do you? What, what was it that that really said, "Wow, like this is this is really really impactful." Yeah. So. Um... Back in the service, uh, it looked like two years of uh, being a company commander of the training area. Uh, and all the time I, I had like around 100 soldiers that we took them from civilians to being like a special forces. And, and you saw how training can be super transformational. Um, after I went out of the army, like the reserve duty was a kind of a, a hobby, okay? And I didn't have like time for other hobbies because it was kind of intense. Uh, but I think there's like similar lines between being a special forces unit commander to being an entrepreneur or CEO, of, like founder of a startup, okay? It's like small teams, really mission-driven, uh, really agile thinking, have to react really fast to what's happening 
in the fields and how everybody everything is changing so fast and coming with this state of mind of okay we have a plan but everything that can go wrong will go wrong so let's talk about the other options that we have the other plans and kind of uh, be ready for everything and so with this idea of being ready and being open-minded and, and understanding how how impactful you know education can be on, on a person and you know obviously uh, most Israelis that you know go through this sort, sort of training and understand how how quickly and how dramatic it is and I can only imagine in a in an elite unit like Maglan how how impactful it is to be in the position you were at you're creating elevation and you know paint me a picture of where we are today in terms of the world of upskilling and and what what do you how how do you actually see the industry from sort of a bird's eye view in terms of you know education reskilling upskilling what is happening there right so um Basically, when I started elevation, it was uh, around uh, B2C, and uh, after like a year, we started to do both B2C and B2C and B2B. Today, uh, we found a route to work only with B2B, but it came from a few perspectives. First of all, we realized that uh, if you want to do a really good education, it's kind of expensive, and we find a way uh, that we can help people get new skills and improve their life, but have someone else to pay for that. So we're working with a lot of organizations, with the government, with different nonprofits uh, to fund uh, a lot of uh, um, the different training that we have and with the companies to train their employees. But when we look at the, at the industry, uh, there is this report from the World Economic Forum every two years around the future of jobs. Last one was in October 2020, and it's again speaking about the rapid change, the automation, the shifting, all the, the job market. By the way, they're now stating that in 2025, there is approximately 97 million jobs that will may disappear, uh, wow. and from the uh, 85 million jobs that will disappear, and from the other hand, 97 million jobs that can be like a new. Uh, the problem in the last year with the COVID that was the pace of, of uh, new jobs that are coming was a kind of slower. Uh, so it was a, a, like a problem. But it's also stating that more than 40% of employees will need some kind of uh, upskilling due to the automation, due to the new technologies, cloud, the data, everything around that. So um, it's coming together with the fact that um, CEOs and, and C-levels understand that it's strategy and learning and development in organization kind of going through what marketing went through maybe 12 years ago from something that is like nice to have to something that is really strategy of the company, data-driven, looking to see the ROI, the return on investment. And uh, this is where we came over. And uh, we realized that today, companies doing one of, of the two options. They can do like online, full online, get one of the websites and do a subscription for the employees. And we know that the completion rate is, is quite low and it's, it's hard. Or they can start their own internal academy because uh, it's kind of heavy to do all the upskill, reskill. It's, it's not on the way. Uh, we came over and saw that 
it's really hard for companies, so we want to build it for them. Uh, and this is what we're doing. The mission is to build internal capabilities academies to move the needle for strategic strategic KPI that they have with the same vision of changing people and, and companies' lives through getting new tech skills. So a naive question, one that I think has to be asked. You know, there's two options to go here. I'm, I'm trying to simulate uh, the way a CEO would think. You can, you know, bring in um, and, and upskill a lot of your workers and, and help them gain the, the talent and the skills necessary for, for the next phase, or you can get new talent, right? Uh, you can get people that are fresh and that, that know these skills and, and just replace your workforce. From your, from your point of view, why, why is it obvious to you that the latter is not the right decision, yet we should instead focus on our current talent and just work on upskilling them in the organization? Yeah, so build versus buy, it's like uh, one of the major questions in the last maybe two years. Before the COVID, everybody spoke about optimization of current workforce uh, due to the changes. And uh, we know that if we're looking at the numbers, it's easier and it's cheaper to do reskill for your employees. So if you have an employee that's working in a position or with a skill set that uh, you see that it's less relevant in the future, you can do with a really in a really short time of, uh, of uh, training, you can get him to uh, uh, another place. We know that the cost of uh, losing someone or firing someone uh, is really high and the cost of hiring and uh, the time that it gets you to get the right people, um, if you're looking at the equation, it's better to do the risk. But uh, the things needs to come in parallel. So we see uh, huge organizations that actually building huge upskill programs uh, specifically around data skills, uh, trying to make the organization more data-driven, and in parallel, finding the right people and building this uh, small reskill programs that can take people from A to a different place within the organization. And it's not like companies just like Google, Facebook, or Wix. We're talking about banks. We're talking about nonprofit organization. We're talking about like more traditional parts that we see it happening. So today with Elevation, let's say that you're working with, with, with a company, a traditional company, you know, a business, and you're coming in there saying, listen, Avi, we have this, we, we, we have this need, we have these employees and we need them to understand these different skill sets that, that they don't yet have because these skills weren't relevant, you know, even a few years ago. And so nobody acquired them yet. We want to upskill and reskill them for the new digital age. How does it actually work tangibly? You're mentioning before that one of the biggest challenges is to get to the, is to get to a, you know, an, an okay completion rate, which doesn't really happen with the memberships to the different websites. How does elevation, you know, work through those, those inherent challenges that education tech brings with it? Great. So, um, first of all, we're coming with a full solution of uh, services so we can help the company better understand the uh, the KPIs from the business project project uh, from the business side business objectives and from the learning objective side and then we can come with the right plan for them 
it's not always the same skill set. To be a data analyst in a Wix, it's different from to be a data analyst in a, one of the banks, for example. Uh, after that, we have like our own a unique methodology. The training is blended, so it's bringing the best out of the online and uh, uh, in life. Let's say, let's say you have a live Zoom training with the lead trainers and you have this platform that you can learn by yourself because we want you to be in a place uh, that we give you the tools to keep learning all the time. And the methodology is to do an assessment to better understand where you're at and then do the training according to your level. Uh, and at the end, give the actual report of the level of knowledge that you gained. So it's not around just the completion rate, although the completion rate in elevation is more than 90%. It's wow. also around measuring the, the actual ROI. Uh, you invested time, you invested money. We can show you the level of knowledge that you gained within this journey. And uh, once we're realizing which KPIs we're serving, uh, within the HR department, it's it's easy for us because if it's like internal training around time to hire, time to fill, or cost of hiring, it's one thing. If it's training program around retention for employees, not necessarily with the skill set that they need for their jobs, it's another thing. What is something that you learned about you know the consumer behavior, the people that are going through? through these programs? What is something that you learned, you know, throughout these seven years that you said, wow, I, I didn't anticipate this, or this is something that may, that may be surprising to the average listener who's, who's now, you know, getting introduced to this idea of, of reskilling and upskilling? Yeah, so, so basically I learned that uh, it's all about the people and all people are kind of the same in the way that they want to gain the new skills. And it, it it doesn't really matter if you're working in in Google in nonprofit or in a traditional place. It's more about your state of mind. And if you really understand uh, the benefits that you're getting from the organization in this program, and you understand like the bigger picture of wait a minute, now I'm doing this, but and I love doing this area, but it's going to kind of disappear, and I need to find the the other things that I can do with my skill set or gain new skills in order to to make my life better. So everybody is is up to the mission, and once they're realizing it, everybody is like learning the same. And uh, we have like crazy stories from places like that sent uh, someone that was like a front desk to a, a reskilling pro program as a bonus. They didn't count on, on him to come over and be an analyst. And he was like second in class and become an analyst and, and things like this. So uh, a lot of the people trying to get to the market, they're going to uh, have a degree because someone told them that this is the right way. Okay, I'm not sure. And then they're starting with something but they need to keep and realize what they actually want to do. And uh, sometimes when you're giving opportunities to people that you believe in, uh, you will find out that they can uh, give more with their skill set and, and gain more and give more for the company for sure. I love that. Avi, 20 minutes go by way too fast. Uh, thank you for coming here and sharing with me your, <laughs> your journey and your experiences. But I do have a few fun questions for you if you're ready. Sure. All right. 
Favorite subject in middle school or high school? Wow. So I actually uh, came from a religious uh, school, re religious place. And uh, what my major was uh, uh, Israel studies. It's like history and geography and computers. But I did five units around the Bible and the Gemara. And I basically really liked the Gemara part to kind of think about it and ask the right question. It was, it was really nice and uh, surprisingly <laughs> kind of uh, something that I liked. I haven't had that response yet. I love it. Uh, something <laughs> to look up to. Uh, perhaps a role model of yours. Um, yeah, so, so my role model is my, um, my grandmother from my uh, um, father's uh, side. Um, she came with nothing uh, from Auschwitz. She, after the Holocaust, she built a crazy family. Uh, she lost her son. Uh, I'm, I was named after my uncle that uh, got killed in a Yom Kippur war. And she was still super positive and always like brought us to a place that we need to look at like the, the bright side of life and, and be optimistic and see how we can make the life of everybody else better. I love it. And three words you would use to describe yourself. Uh, myself. Uh, father, husband, entrepreneur. Uh, not necessarily in, you know, in this order, but around that. <laughs> I love it. Avi, thank you so, so much. Continue, you know, reskilling and upskilling uh, the lives of, of many, many people. And uh, I think that what you're touching on here this idea that, you know, we get this traditional education where we're, we destine ourselves for a certain type of work early on, but the world you know, is changing in front of us. And even if we thought one thing in three years, it's going to be different. And the ability for us to absorb this information and to continue reskilling and upskilling, in my mind, it's just it's continuing to provide opportunities to people to make a change and to improve. And so and to level the playing field over and over again every few years, I, I think it's just uh, marvelous. Thank you for coming and sharing it with me. And uh, best of luck and stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you. I, lo I love the, the quote of uh, James Dean that is saying that if you can change the direction of the wind, but uh, you can adjust yourself to always reach your destination. And this is like what I'm saying to companies and to the employees. Automation is here. Skills are shifting. We're in a skills industry. Try to see where the wind is heading and adjust yourselves. So dream big and, and thank you for having me again. It was great. Thank you, Avi. Bye-bye.